radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. This one episode of Talking Real Money might be better viewed as a video at YouTube or at TalkingRealMoney.com, although you certainly are invited to listen, and I think you'll get enough out of it, but there's some video stuff in here. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another exciting uh, audio and, and video podcast a.k.a. blog, vlog, not blog, vlog. I am Don McDonald, talking real money. Tom is on assignment, but he'll be with us shortly. Today, today, we're going to talk again about stupid speculating. Because way too many people keep stupidly speculating, so the time has come to really put my foot down. Okay? I'm sorry, I have to do it. Turns out that uh, a very large chunk of the small cap value increase so far this year, according to the Wall Street Journal, came from trades on GameStop and AMC. A perfect example of stupid speculation. Companies that were on the verge of bankruptcy, they sometimes can recover, but we don't still... And the jury's still out on on what's going to happen with either one of these companies. The latest, the latest thing from the Reddit gang is gambling on uranium. Uranium. Don't get me started. But the big one, the the one that gets the most attention, that seems to capture the imagination of crazy speculative investors everywhere, is this newfangled thing over the past decade known as cryptocurrency, the most popular of which is Bitcoin. One of the reasons I bring this up again, I've been collecting a number of articles over the past few weeks from all kinds of brilliant minds about cryptocurrencies. But what really got me started was a, a, a note that I received from a listener. Let me just pull that up. Uh, hold on. I've got so many things up on my screen. This note says, um, Hi, Tom and Don. I love the podcast. I heard you try to warn people away from crypto, and I ran across a concise dismissal of crypto by the moderators of the Bogleheads Forum. So I looked it up, and it's fascinating. Let me just read it to you verbatim from the Bogleheads Forum. This is from one of the moderators. They've adopted a new policy. They are going to stop conversations about cryptocurrency as a real investment. And they quote Burton Malkiel, who wrote uh, The Random Walk on Wall Street. And Burton said a long time ago, eventually, one runs out of greater fools. That's the problem with speculating. Often one runs out of greater fools. Now, um, they say, what is their problem with cryptocurrency? And this moderator said, it is my and the advisory board's feeling that the cryptocurrency market 
as currently constituted, is extraordinarily risky and should not play a significant role in a prudent investor's portfolio. The risks go far beyond what we are used to dealing with in a regulated market, like volatility or bankruptcy risk or interest rate risk. Crypto exposes you to non-market risks, such as losing the keys necessary to claim your ownership of the tokens, having your tokens stolen by hackers, happens, or the operators of the exchanges holding them, or having your tokens on an exchange seized by government agencies. All of this has already occurred on multiple occasions. And then there's the largest risk of all, in a very real sense. Listen to this very carefully. In a very real sense, cryptocurrencies, or crypto tokens, they say, are already bankrupt. This is an interesting point that I have not heard yet. They have, and I've said this, a literal value of nothing. Nothing. They have a future value of nothing. Thus, their price depends entirely on whether enough people are willing to ignore this fact and exchange real money for nothing. The only basis for buying them is the hope that the price will go up because it's gone up before. We have a 400-year history of fads like this in the financial market, and none of them ended well. To top that off, in today's New York Times, today being Tuesday when I recorded this, there was a great opinion piece on Bitcoin entitled, Bitcoin Cosplay is Getting Real. And the basic point here is that Bitcoin, in fact, they say it right here, Bitcoin is popular despite being mostly useless. Its success lies solely with the fact that it has made people money in the past. Greater fools, greater fools. And this piece reiterates the point made in the Boglehead forums when they say the security of Bitcoin is greatly overstated. Did you know that 20% of all Bitcoin in existence is no longer accessible to anybody because the passwords have been lost or forgotten? A hundred thousand people who put their money, their Bitcoin, <laughs> put their money in Bitcoin, and then they gave it to a Canadian exchange, the whole group, 100,000 people in 2018 lost everything when the founder of the exchange died and neglected to tell anyone the passwords. This is dumb. There is no useful purpose for cryptocurrencies. It is possible, albeit nowhere near certain, that the underpinnings of Bitcoin, the blockchain, might come in handy in the currency markets as they exist. And they also add, and this I, I have 12 articles on this, Bitcoin mining 
is horrible for the planet. You think mining is bad? Oil is bad? Bitcoin is worse. Bitcoin mining uses the equivalent electricity of the entire country of Finland, of the entire state of Washington. That's a lot of electricity. And this, art, this article, this author, this uh, uh, editorialist for the New York Times says, the bigger the bubble, the greater the damage when it pops. It will pop. We've said this before. We don't know when, but it will pop. Sure, some, some speculating will make you money. Sometimes. And to prove that, well, we sent Tom on assignment to look into the ultimate speculative investment. Hey, it's Tom. Okay. I take the mask off so you can hear me a little bit. Like you, I've been frustrated hearing about all these people making big money and meme stocks and SPACs and all the speculative stuff that's making them rich. Not me. So I decided to go to the ultimate wealth-making place in the world, the casino. That's right. I'm going in today. I'm taking my money, and I am going to turn big returns. So I'll tell you all about it. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to play a couple of games I've got to try, see how it goes. But I think I'll be back here shortly with the big money. So stay with me for that. I told you this was, come on, there's 120 big money. All I had to do was go in there. I played one slot machine for literally like five minutes. It was a $10 bet, paid off big. I'm telling you what, mutual funds, Robin Hood, eat your heart out. This the easy money. It's right here. I'm going back in. Hopefully I'll see you again with a lot more than this. Oh, oh no, no, wait, no, 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 Tom, don't go back. We lost him. The lure of easy money was just too much for him. I'll work on getting him back. All right. Um, so what's the moral of this story? What is the moral? You know what the moral is. The moral is you can't get rich quickly, even if Tom did. But it won't last because he's going to go back in and lose it. Probably betting on football games. No, he actually even won that. He went, to, he went to Vegas. Actually, he went to Vegas to see the Raiders play, and they won. So he's happy. Uh, that's probably why he's blowing his money in the casino. So stop. Just stop. Just stop. There's no need to speculate. There is money to be made. It's just not a lot. If you want to make a lot of money quickly, you have to be willing to lose a lot of money quickly. And I just don't think that's what you really want to do. If you'd like to... Ask us a question. You can call us at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Or you can do like these folks did, and you can type your question up. You can also speak it. You could, I have to pull up the software. You can uh, type your question up and send it in to TalkingRealMoney.com. Just like, which one am I going to do? I'm going to do this one. It's an easy one. Short and easy. I like short and easy. Uh, this one's about a Roth conversion. The question is really simple. Should I start converting my 401k to Roth? I retired at 55. 
I am now 57. I retired in the Philippines, and my monthly expenses are 2500 Not enough information. This is another one of those, it depends. If your monthly expenses are $2,500, and those are covered by your, your income streams, and you can pay the taxes on the Roth conversion out of monies that are not in the 401k, and you're doing this because you think you're going to need, you're not going to need this Roth money in the very near future, um, and you want to, at age 72, avoid required minimum distributions, just let that money ride tax-free, yeah, sure, it might, might make sense. It might make sense. Just make sure that you can pay the taxes out of other monies. Don't pay it out of the 401k. If you got the money to do that, more power to you. I love tax-free, but bear in mind, you're not going to be in a particularly high tax bracket. You might want to do a little tax planning and see what happens when you start taking money out of your 401k and how much that, that is and what that does to your tax bracket. But, uh, but converting some of it, we're, we're big fans of, of partial conversions to Roth just to give you two pools from which to draw, one that you can draw earlier and pay taxes on the other one that can ride for maybe decades tax-free so uh it's a it's another one of those darned depends things uh let's see let me do i'm gonna do this question because this is another one that is you know and and it depends they're almost always it depends um this is about etfs Hello, gentlemen. My question is, can I go all small cap value? <laughs> when and for whom does it make sense? I won't ever need to draw down this investment. I am 37 with 100% income replacing pension at 57. Wow. 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 I scored a 94 on your risk quiz. Wow. That's pretty impressive. My thoughts are, and he lists a ton of ETFs. Um, AVUV from Avantis, uh, VBR from Vanguard, the DFAS from Dimensional Funds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, here's the thing. The risk quiz is a tool, but it's not exact by any means. You need to ask yourself, a really critical question. And you need to be totally honest with yourself. How will you feel and what will you likely do should your small cap value ETF, whichever one of those you choose, because I don't think the difference is going to make a whole, I mean, I don't think the the, the the choice is going to make that big a difference. The The asset class is, a thing, is the thing that does well. You're going to get a little more aggressiveness in the AVUV probably and the DFA than at the Vanguard, but whatever. Will you be 100% comfortable with a one-year decline of 75 to 80% of your value? Let's say you, over the next few years, put a million dollars in there. And in the twinkling of an eye, and over the course of a few days, it, you'll never be able to, you can't catch it. People think, oh, I'll just get out. Yeah. No, you can't do that. 
what are you going to do when it plunges in some future awful market that no one will recognize until after it's already happened by 75%. So your million goes to 250,000. And every buddy, every media publication, everything is screaming, this is the end of the world. Stocks are going to zero. They'll never get back. The Great Depression is next. You'll see pictures of, of old 1930s-era soup lines on the internet. Everybody will be saying, well, it's too late. You can't, you'll never make this back. How will you react to that? Because that's what will happen someday. And it will seem like the veritable end of the world. What will you do? If you can say, not worried, not going to do a thing. In fact, if I have extra money, I'll buy some more. And I'll just keep buying on the way down. And I'll just keep buying on the way down. And I'll just keep buying on the way down. If you can say that honestly, sure. Nothing wrong with having a portfolio that's all small cap value. It's going to be very scary. But in the past, in the past, it has performed well. I can tell you, as one who knows the markets well, has been speculating in them at a younger age and then investing in them as I got wiser, that I would not be comfortable. Even I, I wouldn't have been comfortable in my 30s with 100% in small cap value. I'd have greater diversification. Then his finally, his last question is, what are the 15 ETFs you guys use? Oh, I bet you mean for the for the uh, the 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 vestry portfolios. Um, you know, I honestly don't know. It's a mix. Uh, but the but the problem with you using fifteen ETFs is the complexity of the rebalancing and the discipline it takes to really pull it off. I mean, I think we have. I know we have small cap value. I know we have, and we use. We use, who do we use? See, I, I don't get involved in the day-to-day -day managing of accounts much at all, so I don't really know. Um, but you don't want to do that. You don't, you don't want to build. I mean, if you want to build that portfolio, set up a meeting with one of our advisors. They'll give you the funds. But remember, you've got to manage them, and you've got to manage them in good times, and bad. And remember, most of us in good times want to have more of the stuff that's that has really done well. And in bad times, we want to get out of the whole darn thing. So just be cautious. But yeah, sure. If you if you want to learn those, just set up an appointment with one of our advisors. They'll tell you. Uh, you just go to vestry.com and uh, and they might be able to really kind of guide you to a little bit better into how to build a better diversified portfolio. And it's free. There's no obligation. There's no no high pressure sales pitch. None of that stuff. Okay. Just go to vestry.com. If you want to ask questions, call us at 855-935-TALK or send your questions in at talkingrealmoney.com or you can record them at talkingrealmoney.com on the contact form if you have a mic on your computer. Uh, I want to thank Tom for his, uh, his hard work, his slaving over a slot in Vegas. You know, somebody had to go to Vegas and do this report, so just glad it was him. I don't think I could have handled it. Thank you all for being there. If you get a chance, tell a friend or two or a thousand. If you like what you hear, go get an Apple ID, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review. Although most of you listen on Apple Podcasts. It's like 70% of 
of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts. I don't know why. Well, I think it's because they invented the term podcast. Anything else I need to tell you? No, we'll do another one of these tomorrow. So thanks for being there. Take good care of yourselves. Hanging out, thinking about, writing about, and talking real money. I'm Don McDonald. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. I should keep the lawyers happy.